And that was Homefront from the band Tree off their self-titled album. And this is Polyrical, the podcast of political music. It's a soundtrack for the resistance, a topical solution for the political revolution. I want to hear from you, so if you want to send me an email, go ahead and send that to polyrical at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Polyrical and check out the website polyrical.com for links to back episodes. Here is Pock and the Space Ghosts off of the album Peace Not War, great compilation album. This is Voices of the Future. Rhetoric, I know it is all lies. Double speech, duplicity, you can just read it in the eyes. See the silver plated squirming of the tongue. Some sycophantic corporate slave announces we will bomb. You fill the world with little wars by feeding tyrants' arms. As long as they are subservient, how could there be qualms? Must not fight back what happens when they do To spin a tale of right and wrong and gloss over the truth Visions and voices Oh, they get the world War no more Voices of the future speak Voices of the future speak From puppet lips, TV papers spread the fear It's all sewn up, but listen in Voices of the future are near As long as no one knows or doesn't dare to ask The silver tongue says what it likes But voices crack the mask Should these voices speak to you? Do you think that you might hear? And if these words might make a threat Then know that hope is near a facade cannot last for long Tyrants fall, that's all Voices of a future speaking to Our souls they call Visions and voices Of a better world War no more Voices of a future speak Visions and voices Of a better world War no more Voices of a future speak Voices of a future speak And that's the only way we'll get anything close to what we're looking for politically, economically, socially, is to speak, be those voices of the future. One group that has been one of those voices lately is the Fight for 15, and their voice is being heard and progress is being made. Things are paying off in in some ways. The topic of the episode, this episode is a living wage, and here are a couple excerpts from a piece on commondreams.org written by Lauren McCauley. Answering the call for millions of underpaid American workers who for years have pounded the pavement demanding a living wage, progressive lawmakers on Thursday unveiled legislation in both the House and the Senate that would raise the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour. Quote, reversing the growing trend of income inequality between the top and everybody else. 
as stated by Virginia Representative Bobby Scott. Senator Bernie Sanders, who made the $15 minimum wage a pillar of his 2016 presidential bid, said as he introduced the bill alongside Scott and others that he knows the idea is, quote, a radical concept for our Republican friends, but we believe in the United States of America, the wealthiest country in the history of the world, that if you work 40 hours a week or 50 hours a week, you should not be living in poverty. Under the Raise the Wage Act, which currently boasts 152 congressional co-sponsors, the federal minimum wage would increase incrementally until reaching $15 an hour in 2024, which is a little too far away for, from my opinion, but it's, it's a big step forward. Uh, not that the Republicans are going to let this bill get very much traction. Beyond that time, future increases would be adjusted with inflation, quote, to make sure the minimum wage will never again fall woefully out of date, as Scott said. The bill also eliminates the sub-minimum wage for tipped workers by gradually increasing it until it reaches parity with the federal minimum wage. Congress hasn't actually raised the minimum, federal minimum wage in over a decade, so that is still where it was 10 years ago. Here's a little bit more. Quote, think back to five years ago, President Obama had yet to call for even a $9 an hour federal minimum wage, and the two members of Congress brave enough to call for a $10.10 an hour were considered crazy, said Kansas City McDonald's worker and Fight for 15 leader Terrence Wise. Then something crazier happened. 200 fast food workers walked off their jobs in New York City, sparking a movement for $15 an hour and union rights that spread across the country. 22 million Americans now have won raises totaling $62 billion, Wise continued. We've gone from laughable to inevitable. With this bill introduced today, it's clear that our fight for 15 has set a new standard. Democrats across the board support $15 an hour because they know it's the bare minimum workers like me need to support our families. We're going to keep striking, marching, and speaking out until every worker in the country wins $15 an hour and union rights. So kicking this set off is uh, Living Wage by The Uncouth off their EP Jonesy's War, and that will be followed by Living Wage by Frank DiResti and The Lake Effect off of their album This Time. Hard day's work for a hard day's pay I want my living 
the union hall Get up on the list They said we ain't got no work this weekend I started to get pissed I ain't been free to three weeks I can't buy no cigarettes And I can't even drive to work Because I can't been repossessed I want my living wage I want my living wage A hard day's work for a hard day's pay I want my living wage I want my living wage I want my living wage Hard day's work for a hard day's pay I want my living wage Whoa writing for the papers but I couldn't find a story for to write that would satisfy the craving for sensational relating and allow me still to fall asleep at night so I switched to selling coffee thinking I had maybe found a better way but I guess I hesitated Was it really fairly traded So I counted on my beans And walked away Where am I going To find my living wage Without setting off a landmine Or fuel in my range For I am far too analytical Of the socio-political To be gainfully employed This day and age Headed for a bookstore Saying where's the harm in selling books to read Twas a sticky situation When I filled with trepidation Thinking about the cost of all those old growth trees Where am I going to find my living wage Without setting off a landmine Or fuel in my reach For I am far too analytical of the socio-political to be gainfully employed this day and age. So I'll play at this old guitar And I'll try to somehow stay out of the way Conscience-wielding soldiers who have occupied my head And try to bring a smile to some folks every day I'll try 
to bring a smile to some folks every day. I will try to bring a smile to some folks every day. Where am I going to find my living wage without setting off a landmine or fuel in my rage? For I am far too analytical of the socio-political to begin fully employed this day and age. Where am I going to find my living wage without setting off a landmine or fuel in my rage? For I am far too analytical of the socio-political. To be gainfully employed this day and age. And once again, that song was titled Living Wage, and that was preceded by a song called Living Wage. Uh, and we'll get back to the set in a minute. And But first, I wanted to interrupt with this piece. This piece um, kind of went viral a, a couple weeks back. Um, this is from Jen's Rushing, in which he responds to the $15 an hour minimum wage movement. Fast food workers in New York just won a $15 an hour wage. I'm a paramedic. My job requires a broad set of skills, interpersonal, medical, and technical skills, as well as the crucial skill of performing under pressure. I often make decisions on my own in seconds under chaotic circumstances that impact people's health and lives. I make $15 an hour. And these burger flippers think they deserve as much as me? Good for them. Look, if any job is going to take up someone's life, it deserves a living wage. If a job exists and you have to hire somebody to do it, they deserve a living wage. End of story. There's a lot of talk going around my workplace along the lines of, quote, these guys with no education and no skills think they deserve as much as us? Fuck those guys. And elsewhere on Facebook, quote, I'm a licensed electrician. I make $13 an hour. Fuck these burger flippers. And that's exactly what the bosses want. They want us fighting over who has a bigger pile of crumbs. So we don't realize they made off with almost a whole damn cake. Why are you angry about fast food workers making two bucks more an hour when your CEO makes 400 times what you do? It's in the boss's interest to keep your anger directed downward at the poor people who are just trying to get by, like you rather than at the rich assholes who consume almost everything we produce and give next to nothing for it. My company, as they're so fond of telling us in boosterist emails, cleared $1.3 billion last year. They expect guys supporting families on $26,000 to $27,000 a year to applaud that. And that's to say nothing of the techs and janitors and cashiers and bed pushers who make even less than us, but are as absolutely crucial to making a hospital work as the fucking CEO or the neurosurgeons. Can they pay us more? Absolutely. But why would they? No one's making them. The workers in New York made them. They fought for and won a living wage. So how incredibly petty and counterproductive is it to fuss that their pile of crumbs is bigger than ours? Put that energy elsewhere. Organize. 
fight, win. And here is James Halifko from the album Destiny Garden with Living Wage. Wages are what ensures people survive The minimum that keeps them alive It is not the bottom line, profit or greed It barely can buy what they need Is a living wage so hard to bear? This minimum goal to me seems fair. Work almost like a slave, dirty, hot, or cold Earn so little, must still work when they get old They had limited options as they grew Work not schools, what they had to choose Is a living wage so hard to bear? This minimum goal to me seems fair. Hundreds of years through trials and strife Reasonable hours, benefits and real life Some express we should return To good old days that never were is a living wage so hard to bear? This minimum goal to me seems Equal pay for equal jobs Men and women not at odds Some health care and time to mend 
Family Matters can attend. Is a living wage so hard to bear? This minimum goal to me seems fair Suburban Lockdown off the album Laid to Waste, rounding out the set for the topic of this episode, which was Living Wage. And yes, every song I played in this set was titled Living Wage. So here's a little something new. There's a lot of great spoken word material out there. So I'm going to start to include a few words in each episode that aren't my own. And so kicking that off, here are a few words from Jim Hightower from the album, People Are Revolting. You want greed? Our nation's economic policy for the last 30 years has been based on low wages and high stock prices. Workers down, Wall Street up. Wall Street whizzing during the 1990s, right? Whizzing on you and me, if you think about it. Money Magazine, two years ago, had a cover article that said, Everyone's getting rich. 
Hello. <laughs> Everyone is getting rich. In that period of the last decade, so-called unprecedented economic prosperity, eight out of ten Americans saw their incomes go flat or go down. Eighty percent of us had no increase in our income. Eight out of ten Americans, weird prosperity, right? America's prosperous, but Americans are not. In my current book, If the Gods Administer Vote, They Would Have Given Us Candidates. <laughs> I've got a section. It's called, If These Are Good Times, Why Aren't I Having One? <laughs> you see, you can't fool people. They know what's going on because it's going on. It's happening to them. Even Bill Clinton would step forward in every State of the Union address that he made in his eight years. He would step forward and say how many jobs had been created in that past year. At the end, his last uh, State of the Union message, he said, I've created 23 million new jobs in America. <laughs> you can go to a bar here and a waitress will say, yeah, I know, i got three of them. <laughs> it's not jobs we need, it's income. It's wages. That's what it's about. Notice that corporations don't say that they have generated. They're not concerned that they generate more sales. They're concerned they generate more profits, more stock prices, more stock options for themselves. In this time of job creation, average wages today and real buying power are less than when Richard Nixon was president of the United States. Think about that. It's greed. You want greed? Look at pollution. Pollution tends to be a class issue. If it spews, burbles, oozes, emits, explodes, or otherwise does something nasty or deadly, chances are it's located in a low-income, working-class, minority, or rural area, or some combination of the above. Mr. Rich never seems to have to live next door to Mr. Toxic. You think that's just luck? I've always favored a final solution to our pollution problem. It doesn't require an EPA at all. It doesn't require the volumes of rules and regulations and laws that we have on the books. It requires something I call the 100-yard rule, that any corporation that chooses to do so, perfectly able, willing, okay, if they build any kind of toxic facility or waste dump, so long as the chief executive and the board of directors and the top investors live within 100 yards of that facility. I believe they would clean it up, don't you? You want greed? Look at Washington. Right now, they continue to fiddle and faddle with that minimum wage legislation they've been talking about for years now. The Republicans have stepped forward and said, we're ready now. We're ready to increase that minimum wage. We'll go to $6.15 an hour. A $1 increase in the minimum wage. Of course, that's $12,000 a year for full-time work. That's poverty wages. But nonetheless, they say we need to phase that in over three years' time because we don't want to shock the economy. Democrats say, well, that won't do. We want a dollar increase in the minimum wage too, but we want to phase it in over two years' time. Meanwhile, Dennis Hastert, Speaker of the House, Dennis the Menace, we call him, suddenly last summer he was up on his hind legs in the Congress of the United States. 
And Dennis, in an emotional and touching speech, said, I'm not crying crocodile tears. These people have three or four kids. They have the right to a decent life. They need to provide for their families. Was he talking about minimum wage workers? No, he was talking about members of Congress and the need to give them a pay increase. I look at Dennis Hastert and I think, a hundred thousand sperm and you were the fastest? <laughs> you want greed? George W. Bush. Pushing an $11 billion plan to give health care to the newly unemployed workers as a result of the September 11th crash bombings. Hey, that makes him a good guy, right? $11 billion. Health care benefits for the unemployed. But wait a minute. Where's that money coming from? The $11 billion is not new money. He wants to take it from the state CHIP programs. That's the Child Health Insurance Program that exists to provide health insurance for the most impoverished children in our country. So yes, he's pitting poor children against newly unemployed workers. Lily Tomlin has said that no matter how cynical you get, it's almost impossible to keep up. <laughs> well, Economists have a technical term for what Wall Street and Washington are doing to us. This technical phrase is stealing. So on to our artist of the episode. The artist of the episode this episode is Anne Feeney. Here's a little bit off of her website. Pittsburgh-based agitator Anne Feeney performs music that she says is designed to quote, Comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Not many women have chosen to walk the path of Woody Guthrie, but Feeney has made a career of it for the past 35 years. She's lived her life on the front lines, performing at thousands of rallies, picket lines, and demonstrations over the years, including the WTO demonstrations in Seattle, Solidarity Day in Washington, D.C., and for $1.5 million at the April 25, 2004 March for Women's Lives. Feeney's bottomless song bag draws on Irish bluegrass, traditional labor, pop, folk, and contemporary material. She's as likely to sing a traditional song or an obscure gem by one of her many friends in the singer-songwriter circuit as she is one of her own award-winning songs. So getting us started with our set from Anne Feeney is the Corporate Welfare Song. Ties right back to what uh, Jim Hightower was talking about. This is off. Have you been to jail for justice? It's time to end welfare as we know it And get those greedy chiselers off the dole It's time to end welfare as we know it Teach them a little self-control For far too long we've allowed these corporate hogs To belly up to the public trough no more welfare as we know it No more handouts, cut them off Now 
now we should all be irate at this huge welfare state right here in this mightiest of nations. AFDC is disgraceful to me. I'm talking aid for dependent corporations. Free enterprise, ha, the cruelest of lies. It cost us 200 billion just last year. If they paid their fair share, we'd have billions to spare. It's time to tell them the buck stop here. Let's consider Charlie Hurwitz, the CEO at Maxam, holding redwood forests hostage in a vicious little tax scam. It's clear cut we picked up the tab for Charlie's union busting, then paid him to pollute our water. Jesus, that's disgusting. Charlie won't repay 500 million that he stole from a Houston SNL. What say we kick him off the dole? It's time to end welfare as we know it. And get those greedy chiselers off the dole. It's time to end welfare as we know it. Teach them a little self-control. For far too long we've allowed these corporate hogs to belly up to the public trough. No more welfare as we know it. No more handouts. Taco Bell Chihuahua begs for bucks for Frito-Lay And poppin' fresh from Pillsbury needs more dough every day <laughs> That thief Ronald McDonald and his sidekick Mayor McCheesy Hamburglarize our treasury in ways that make me queasy That nasty little mermaid took tax dollars overseas To hire thugs to bring poor Haitian workers to their knees It's time to end welfare as we know it and get those greedy chiselers off the dole. It's time to end welfare as we know it. Teach them a little self-control. For far too long we've allowed these corporate hogs to belly up to the public trough. No more welfare as we know it. No more handouts. Cut Every pocket here from sea to shining sea We must intervene to break this cycle of dependency ADM and Cargill, General Motors, Ford and Boeing ITT and Lockheed and that welfare line keeps growing, growing, growing Now Congress says we can't afford to subsidize the needy But before we slash the safety net Let's tell the truly greedy We're gonna end welfare as we know it And get those greedy chiselers off the dole We're gonna end welfare as we know it Teach them a little self-control For far too long we've allowed these corporate hogs To belly up to the public trough no more welfare as we know it No more handouts, cut them off It's for their own good No more handouts, cut them off And we mean business No more handouts, cut them off And this means stadiums No more handouts, cut them off Same-sex marriage 
do you get sick to your guts? I mean, two people who want to commit to a stable, monogamous, lifelong relationship. What are they, nuts? It's unnatural. Oh, a man must never lie with a person who is a guy. He should only lie to his wife. The Bible is clear. We're defenders of marriage in three-button suits. We'll raise our double standard and see who salutes. Defenders of marriage, defending the institution from people who want to get married. Every time we think about same-sex parents, oh my gosh, we exclaim. I mean, two people who want to provide a protective and nurturing family environment, have they no shame? It's so deviant. It's the Lord's holy word, as my second wife said to my third, that a family's based on obligation and fear. We're defenders of marriage, connubial narcs, ever vigilant patriotic patriarchs. And that was Anne singing Defenders of Marriage off the compilation album Hail to the Thieves Volume 3 Songs to Take Our Country Back. And here's what a few other people have to say about Anne Feeney. Peter Yarrow said, She's a person who lives a spirit of music in the sense of the best songwriters, not simply an entertainer. She participates passionately and with great compassion in struggles for justice. Peggy Seeger had this to say, Anne is a political and cultural hellraiser, a producer of good music, a singer of considerable talent, and a catalyst in the topical song movement. And Utah Phillips said, the greatest labor singer in North America, which uh, Utah has been called that himself uh, when he was still alive. And finally, Justin Sane from Anti-Flag said, Anne Feeney was the first artist I encountered whose set was unapologetically and ferociously political. That set had a major impact on me as an artist. I remember thinking to myself, this is the kind of musician I want to be. This woman is punk as hell. So up next is a piece off of Classic Labor Songs from Smithsonian Folkways. It's called We Just Come to Work Here, We Don't Come to Die. And we'll wrap up the Anne Feeney set with Have You Been to Jail for Justice off of her album Original Recordings. Job safely each day. Everybody here. 
when that system fails it's up to us to speak our peace it takes eternal vigilance for justice to prevail so get courage from your convictions let them haul you off to jail have you been to jail of justice i want to shake your hand sitting in and lying down always to take a stand have you sung a song for freedom or marched that picket line have you been to jail for justice will you go to jail for justice have you been to jail for justice oh you're a friend of mine And that will wrap up the set by Anne Feeney. If you liked what you heard there, definitely go out and find and buy her records, her recordings. And when you do, when you're looking, you may come across the tribute album that's been recently released of Anne Feeney songs. It is called War on the Workers and has a great host of fantastic uh singers, songwriters, and artists covering songs by Anne Feeney. Here is a piece from Hope Machine off the album Folk Alliance International Presents Songs of War and Politics, Volume 1. This is Peace Grant. Stop these wars if we really, really try. We can stop these wars if we really, really try. Charter up the peace train, get up on that train and ride. Get up on that Ride, ride it from sea to shiny sea. Get up on that train and ride, ride it from sea to shiny sea. Poke your head out of the window, yell out to everyone you see. Yell out to everyone you see United we all stand Yell out to everyone you see United we all stand Stop trying to own the whole dang world This land is everybody's land Everybody's land What a country He said that This land is everybody's land What a country He said that I will fight no more forever Chief Joseph He said that Chief Joseph, he said that I ain't gonna fight no more Chief Joseph, he 
just about wrap up this episode of Polyrical. Remember, I want to hear from you, so if you like what you hear, or if you don't, email me at polyrical at gmail.com. Let me know what you want to hear. Let me know, you know, what you didn't like about this episode or what you loved about it. You can also follow me on Twitter at Polyrical and check out the website polyrical.com. And you can support this podcast at patreon.com slash unrelatedthings. Rounding us out today, here is I Approve This Message by Roy Zimmerman off his album, Thanks for the Support. And thanks for listening. Salesman who's a stand-up comic at his daughter's wedding. I am the court reporter. I am the guy in the sandwich suit. I am the third grade teacher and I approve this message. I am the dental hygienist. And I am the 
undertaker's son I'll be the undertaker when the undertaker has been taken under I am the tattoo addict I am the runner of Miss Maine I am the ice cream vendor and I approve this message I am John the Baptist and I am Nancy the Presbyterian I am Jerome the Jewish Unitarian born-again Buddhist Wiccan agnostic <laughs> And I am the banjo lawyer I am the laptop Kerouac I am the NASCAR widow and I approve this message conspiracy theorist I know five other conspiracy theorists what you think that's a coincidence <laughs> I am the precinct walker I am the polling place volunteer I am the statistician and four out of five of me approve this message Chihuahua. I am the penguin named Pierre. I am the middle school vice principal who wins the lottery and keeps on working. I am the moral majority who's actually moral and actually a majority. And I am the froggy when a courtin' and I approve this message. And I am Yip Harbor who's saying it don't matter how high the throne. What sits on it is the same as your own And I'm Molly Ivan saying what's the difference who's in that chair Change doesn't come from there Change comes from here And I am the huddled masses I am the amber waves of grain I am the toothless carny in the shooting gallery at the county fair. I am the singer, songwriter, waitress, and I am another mother for peace. I am the assistant scoutmaster, and I approve this message. And I am the White House switchboard operator, and I approve this message. And I am the Arabic translator discharged because I'm gay, and I approve this message. I am the last man to die for a mistake, and I approve this message message and I am the 78% of Americans who think we're on the wrong track I approve this message and I am the 22% of Americans who say well, could be worse I approve this message and I am I approve this message and I am and I approve this message and I am